0: Hello, and welcome to Wicked Wednesdays, your weekly podcast on sex and sexuality, with an emphasis on BDSM kink and poly relationships. I'm your host, Wicked Fellow, and I'm coming to you from Colorado. This week, we're gonna talk about the qualities that make a good sub, as a corollary to the discussion we had last week on the qualities that make a good dominant. Before we get started, I wanna send a very special thank you to my Patreon followers. You guys really help keep this show going and i do not know what i would do without you and also just to our general fans and followers if you tune in every week i really appreciate it if you write in comments and you send fan mail i really love that too it's very important to me that i have a good dialogue with the fans because it lets me know what you're thinking am i getting across to you what are you guys interested in etc if you could rate the show, leave a comment, you know, like five stars and stuff on iTunes or four stars if we deserve four. You make that call. But it really helps us get the podcast out to more people, which is good because this is about kink education. And the more a general audience understands about how kink works, I believe the less discrimination there will be, the less fear and hostility there'll be towards our lifestyle. Because there is quite a bit. A lot of people really look down on the kink lifestyle and BDSM. They think that we're all crazy and sick and bad, and we're not. Some people are, but some perfectly normal, non-kinky people also are a little not great. So spreading the word, letting people know about this lifestyle, hopefully in a positive manner. Getting it out there that this is fine, it's normal, it can be very healthy and helpful for people, that helps. So, share this podcast with someone you might think might be interested in it. That's a good way to help out. If you would like to support the show directly, you can go to www.wickedfellow.com. The links to our Patreon are there. The links to all of our content, our YouTube page, Instagram, Twitter, our adult sites, of course. And the podcast is hosted there, and I frequently add notes to the podcast pages. So there's that. Like I said, this week we're coming to you from Colorado. Katja is here with me, but she's feeling a bit under the weather. Hopefully she'll be better soon. It's not any sort of flu-like symptoms, just a little bit of stomach upset. She's well. We've been having a great time skiing. This is kind of our hobby. We like to go ski as much as we possibly can. We're both not great skiers, but we try to have a lot of fun doing it. I'm a little windburned, a little sunburned. I don't know if that'll show up on the recording or not, but that's why. Before we get started talking about what makes a good submissive, I put the question out this week to you all on Instagram, and I got a bunch of great responses and a bunch of direct messages as well, and it's almost like you guys had a peek at my notes. I actually recorded an entire podcast on this, and I did it on Tuesday, And i just was not happy with it i wasn't happy with how i was coming across with my thoughts and i tried to edit it down to something good and i just you know you can't you can't turn a sow's ear into a silk purse and the material that i had recorded just wasn't very good reading through your guys comments doing some more thinking of my own really letting these thoughts crystallize a bit and kind of rewriting the episode I think helped a lot and so hopefully this will be a good episode i always want to put out things that i'm proud of not just push stuff out the door because i'm trying to reach a deadline i know that i try to get them out every wednesday lately it's been wednesday-ish but i'm looking forward to getting back on that regular schedule and i really do appreciate the messages i get that say hey i didn't see the episode this week i really missed it that helps it really does it lets me know that somebody's out there waiting for it wanting to see it expecting it and looking forward to it. And that's a big motivator to me to really get this stuff out there for you. So, sorry it's a bit late this week, but hopefully the episode will be much better than if I had pushed it out Wednesday. When I posed the question, what qualities does it take to make a good submissive on Instagram? Somebody mentioned that a lot of the qualities that were being put forward are very difficult for people beginning the scene, which I absolutely agree with and understand. None of these qualities are prerequisites to being a submissive. You are a submissive or you're not. I believe anyway that we're kind of stamped out of the factory in the mold that we are. So if you're a submissive person, you're a submissive person. That's not a choice you necessarily made. So you don't have to have any of these qualities just to be a submissive person. That You just are. However, in a dom-sub dynamic, These are the qualities that will make a submissive successful. These are the qualities that will make a submissive happy and fulfilled in that relationship because they are necessary to being a successful submissive. So when I say the qualities that make a good submissive, that's what I'm talking about. Successful, happy, submissive. What are the qualities that you can practice, that you can work on, that will help you become happier, that will help you become more fulfilled, in your role as a submissive, especially in working with a dominant. So what is the first quality of a good submissive? Well, the desire to submit. And I'm not trying to be funny, it's a prerequisite that you enjoy being submissive, that you enjoy serving someone else, that you enjoy placing yourself under the control and care of somebody else. If that doesn't make you feel good, if it doesn't make you feel fulfilled and safe, and it doesn't make you happy, you're probably never going to be a very good submissive. It's not going to be something that you enjoy and that is part of you. So obviously, and it may go without saying, but the desire to serve, the desire to submit, not just the desire, but it's something that works for you and makes you feel fulfilled and makes you happy. Sometimes what we want in life isn't always what we end up realizing is what we need. And I've certainly met people in the lifestyle who thought that they wanted to be submissive, who thought that that was something that would be exciting and fun for them. But when they got into the scene, they realized that actually, no, they didn't like submitting control to somebody else. It didn't make them feel comfortable. Now, maybe that was with their individual relationship. That could certainly be. But I definitely know people who have tried it, thinking that they would enjoy being submissive and just realize that, oh, actually, no, I don't. I don't like giving control to somebody else, that doesn't make me feel fulfilled. So the desire isn't always interlinked with your actual needs and who you are as a person. So the first quality of the submissive, someone who needs to submit, who needs to serve, who takes fulfillment in being a submissive, who takes fulfillment in serving someone else, placing themselves under the control of somebody else. The second quality that I want to mention and it may seem kind of counterintuitive, is courage. And I think it takes a huge amount of courage to be a submissive. Now, the counterintuitive part is that when we think of submissive people, generally, we don't think of very bold, courageous people. We tend to think of more retiring people that don't, you know, rise to the challenge necessarily. But it takes a huge amount of courage to submit yourself to somebody else. And I admire the courage of submissives. Some of the most courageous people I know are submissive people because of the courage it takes to say, I'm going to place all my trust in you. I'm going to allow you to direct me. I'm going to sometimes put my life in your hands. That takes courage. And I believe that submissives are, by nature, generally very courageous. It doesn't look like the action hero movie protagonist courage sometimes sometimes submissives tend to be more retiring and more you know they're not the one to stand up and confront a challenge that's a different type of courage but it makes submissives no less courageous to submit themselves to the will of another hand in hand with that courage is the vulnerability it takes to open yourself up to another person especially completely in the dom sense that we do To take down that mask and show someone else who you really are. So the courage to be vulnerable is a big part of that. Courage I think really sums up more about the submissive nature than almost any other quality. So look at yourself in the situation and you may not feel like a very courageous person. You may not feel like the kind of person to storm in and make things happen and confront challenges. But look at the flip side of that coin. Courage can take many forms. And I believe that willingness to submit to somebody else, to follow their leadership, to place yourself in their hands is very courageous. The courage to be vulnerable, the courage to submit. The vulnerability interlocks with the willingness to trust somebody else. Again, that takes courage because when you make yourself vulnerable to someone, when you offer trust to somebody, you're giving them the opportunity to hurt you. And generally in society, we don't do that. We don't allow people to know our weaknesses. We don't allow people to have power over us or give them trust that they can then break. And trust is a big one. I believe we're going to have an entire episode on trust in DS relationships because it is such a fundamental part of a DS relationship. But I want to mention it here because... I have definitely known subs who either from being hurt in the past or just from fear were unwilling to offer that trust. And it's very difficult to say to somebody, I want you to control me. I want you to have power over me. However, I'm not going to trust you. And that can be a huge issue between a Dom and a sub. So in order to be a good submissive, you have to be willing to trust somebody. You have to be willing to be vulnerable with somebody. And I know that takes courage. That's why all three of those are interlinked. I could have broken those out and made them each key qualities that a submissive needs to have. But I believe they're tied together so closely that they make one quality. The quality of courage, the quality to be vulnerable, the quality to trust. To take the risk of trusting somebody, making yourself vulnerable, leaving yourself open to possibly being hurt. And I know that can be very scary. That's why it takes courage. After courage, I think discernment is a key quality in a good submissive. Discernment meaning who do you give your submission to? Do you make good choices for yourself? I know that being a submissive, submissives like to give that authority to other people. Making decisions can be hard for a submissive and they like to delegate that authority to somebody else. They like to trust somebody else to make decisions for them. However. There is a key decision that has to be made, and that is who do you delegate that authority to? Are you willing to sit back and wait and not get impatient and just go for the first person you find to play with? Because maybe you get lucky and that first person is perfect for you. But oftentimes we're attracted to somebody and they seem like a good idea and we ignore the things about them that we think may not work in the long term. So especially on a submissive side, the discernment of choosing who will I trust, who will I allow to have control over me is crucial. And that's part of what I want this series to help with is showing good behaviors in DS play and bad behaviors in DS play to help new players and experienced players gain that discernment so that they can see, oh, this person isn't necessarily a bad dom but they are not the dom for me because they like to play this way and I really gain fulfillment from playing this way. So while this person is attractive and I like them and it would be exciting to play with them, maybe I'm not going to be their submissive because it's not gonna work out. They're gonna need me to be something I'm not and I don't wanna do that. I wanna be true to myself. So I'm gonna use my discernment and I'm going to choose a different partner. Discernment also comes into play in a relationship in understanding that it's not a good relationship for you. Sometimes things start out well, but over time problems arise and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of anxiety with leaving one relationship to find another relationship. I know that can be taxing on the most, you know, self-assured person out there. It can be very hard for a submissive who's in this power control dynamic to be able to realize, you know what, this is not a healthy relationship for me. This is not a good relationship for me. That requires discernment. And that discernment can be used to decide, is this a problem that can be fixed? Can we communicate through this problem? Is this something that I'm doing wrong? Am I looking at this the wrong way? Am I coming at it from the wrong direction? Or is this coming from my DOM? This is coming from above, and it's something that I can't change necessarily. So that discernment is One of those qualities that unfortunately only seems to come with time and experience. You know, education can help a lot. And that's what I'm trying to do here is help give the education. But truly discernment comes from experience. Truly discernment comes from I've been there, I've done this. I've been in this situation and I know what happens next. So I definitely encourage discernment. I realize that discernment is one of those qualities that a brand new sub is not usually gonna have a huge store of. They're not gonna necessarily be very good at discernment because everything is new, and they don't necessarily know if the situation they're looking at is unhealthy or not. So I do wanna help with that. All that said, I do believe that discernment is a key quality to being a good submissive. Another quality, and this one was suggested by several of the people who wrote in, is malleability in different forms of that the ability to shift and flex and change and grow. If you are a my way or the highway kind of person, we have a word for that and it's not submissive, right? That's more of a dom characteristic. It can be very difficult for a submissive to be unwilling to change and shift and grow and be shaped by their dominant. That's part of the relationship usually is the Dom having the ability to mold that person? Are they able to bend? Are they able to flex and shift and grow? Or are they locked into, this is who I am, this is how I'm going to be, there's no changing me. It comes down to you know, basic willingness to substitute your judgment for someone else, specifically your Dom in this case. And this goes hand in hand with discernment, of course, because you do have to make the decision Is this a direction that will be good for me? Is this something that will help me become a better submissive and a better person? Or am I being shifted in a way that is not true to who I am and will be harmful to me? So I want to tie in malleability with self-awareness, introspection, self-reflection, the ability to know yourself. These two are closely interlinked. Because while it's very important for a sub to be malleable and be teachable and trainable, they still have to know who they are and understand themselves they have to understand very basic things about themselves and that starts with you know basic things like am I a submissive person do I gain fulfillment out of this is this something I truly enjoy all the way up to am I happier being a service submissive or am I actually really bratty and I enjoy that kind of play I enjoy the push-pull interaction of pressing on my boundaries because I find that exciting and fun. And I like it when my dominant gets frustrated with me and punishes me for it. I find that exciting and exhilarating. There's nothing wrong with that. But you do need to understand who you are as a submissive and as a person because understanding yourself is key to finding that fulfillment as a submissive. Many times you can rely on your dominant to understand you and figure you out and help you figure yourself out. Mm -hmm. But if you can do that on your own, if you can be honest with yourself, if you can look inside yourself and see what makes you happy and who you are and the things that really knit together who you are as a human being, understand those things and accept those things, that will help you be a better submissive, that will help you be a better person in general. So when I tie that in with malleability, That's where I want you to have the discernment again to know I'm actually a brat. I really like being a brat. I find it fun and exhilarating and exciting. But this person I'm working with really doesn't like that and they're trying to shape me into a different kind of submissive. And while I can do that, I don't have any joy in it. I don't have any fun playing the type of submissive games that they like to play because that's not who I am. So there is a limit to malleability, right? There's a limit to how far you can shift and still remain yourself. So that's where discernment and malleability are tied in and that's where malleability and self-reflection are tied in. There's nothing wrong with learning new skills and being molded and shaped and being flexible enough and being malleable and teachable. Those are good things, but you don't want to be so easily swayed that you find yourself becoming someone you're not and someone that isn't true to who you are isn't true to your nature, and is ultimately not fulfilling to you. Discernment, malleability, self-reflection. Those are also locked together. The next quality that I want to add is self-worth, self-respect, self-confidence. I know that this may seem counterintuitive to being a submissive, but they're not. You can be a self-confident submissive. You can be a submissive that has a high degree of self-respect. Those things are not contradictory. I know that often submissives struggle with low self-worth and low self-esteem, and they do feel bad about themselves. I think our society in general is very hard on submissive people. And it's really unfortunate because I've said this before, we're a very type A go get alpha personality. If you're not a leader, you're nothing. You know, second place is the first loser, all that very toxic nonsense. Because not everybody is a leader, not everybody is dominant. Most people are not dominant and a leader. You can't have a company with a hundred leaders and no workers or followers. You tend to have a fewer number of leaders and a bigger number of followers. And there's a reason for that. I believe that we probably evolved that way. Coming back to our, you know, great, great ancestor tribal societies I think that we evolved to be mostly submissives and we should value that. Submissive is good, submissive is cooperative, submissive is I'm going to let you lead and I'm going to follow you and we're going to work together. If everybody's a leader, nothing gets done. You have to have submissives, you have to have followers. To come back from that tangent, I think that's part of why submissives have low self-esteem. I think that... Society is telling them, if you're not driven type A alpha in charge of everything and, you know, the boss and you are the number one, then you're nothing. And that can be very hard to deal with because nobody is praising the submissive. No one is praising the follower. No one is praising and lifting up how important it is that most people are followers and they should be. And it's good. And it's a quality that I admire in people being alpha-driven, type A, dominant, there's a reason that those people are often very difficult to get along with. And the my way or the highway types, we do need those. We do need those leaders. We do need those people that can organize a group and push it forward and make stuff happen. But we also need the people to make stuff happen. And that's the followers. That's the submissives. So self-worth, self-confidence, and self-respect in a submissive. No matter how you play, Even if you're someone that's super into degradation and humiliation play and, you know, that is very fun and kinky to you to have someone really drag you down and say mean things to you and abuse you in that way, abuse being a welcomed abuse in this sense, that's not your entire personality, right? It wouldn't necessarily be fun for you if that was the entirety of who you were. There has to be a core of self-respect. There has to be a core of self-confidence and self-worth. Otherwise, that form of kink play wouldn't necessarily be thrilling and exciting and erotic to you. For people that aren't necessarily into the humiliation play and that kind of stuff, having a good sense of self-worth is very important as a sub. It prevents you from being a doormat. It prevents you from being abused in a negative way because you can realize that this isn't good for me, this isn't healthy, I'm not being treated well, I deserve to be treated better than this. Even if that treatment, in the kinky sense, means being tied up and flogged, and that's what's fun for you, that's fine. This is the topsy-turvy world of kinky and BDSM play. What in a vanilla relationship might be seen as abusive and bad and something that someone should flee from, we often welcome that type of behavior but we also know what we want we invite it we consent to it and that's part of self-confidence self-respect self-worth and self-esteem there's nothing wrong with being kinky there's nothing wrong with being a submissive i love it when i meet happy calm confident submissives who embrace their kinks who embrace their submissive nature who are proud of their submissive nature Those are good things, those are good aspects of being a sub. I personally don't want a sub that feels bad about being kinky and feels bad about being a submissive and feels bad about who they are and feels like they should be somebody else. You have to understand who you are, that's the self-reflection, and be confident and happy in who you are. Hopefully, being in a good DS dynamic, being in a good dom-submissive relationship, can give you that confidence and give you that self-worth. Being valued by somebody that you admire and that you respect can be a huge self-esteem boost. However, you have to have it on your own as well. You have to possess your own store of self-confidence and self-worth. It can't come entirely from outside because that can be very capricious, that can come and go, that can relying on outside sources for all of your self-worth and self-confidence will end up leaving you high and dry more often than you would like. So you need to have an internal store of self-confidence. You need to be able to say, you know, this is who I am and I'm proud of myself. I have goals. I have directions I want to go. There's ways I want to make myself better. Awesome. But don't hate yourself along the way embrace who you are, accept who you are, be confident in who you are, so that you can become better, so that you can become the person you really want to be. As a submissive, there's nothing wrong with being self-confident. Those are not contradictory. Having self-worth is key for a good submissive. The next quality I want to add, and some of you will be surprised that I didn't list this first, is communication. Because as we know, when I talk about relationship problems, Communication is my number one go-to. I think that's the most powerful tool in the toolbox to keep a relationship healthy in the first place and to solve problems in a relationship. I left it towards the end because I feel like so many of these other qualities are tied into communication. So having self-reflection and self-knowledge, knowing who you are, knowing what you want is a precursor to being able to communicate that to somebody else. Being able to communicate well as a submissive is crucial in those initial negotiations with a new dom, conveying to them who you are, what it is you want, what you're looking for, what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. Being able to communicate that is crucial. In order to communicate it, though, you have to know it about yourself. You have to be honest with yourself and not portray yourself as something you're not because you think that's what they want you to be, obviously, there's push and pull here. You have to meet them at a certain point and they have to meet you at a certain point. It's very rare that people mesh together perfectly from the get-go. But being aware of how far you're willing to bend for them, how far you expect them to come to you, etc., That is part of the communication process, that is part of knowing yourself so that you can communicate who you are to somebody else. In a DS relationship, communication is still crucial. And as I've mentioned before, sometimes it can be very difficult for a submissive to communicate problems especially to their dominant, because it can feel like they're being bad, it can feel like they're trying to take control and top from the bottom, and As I usually do, I want to encourage doms to make space to invite that conversation, to make your sub feel safe in communicating to you how they're feeling, what's going on with them, in a way that they feel like they will not get in trouble, that they will not incur your wrath because they said something that you're not happy with. It's really important to make a safe space for that. However, it's still incumbent on the submissive If you're not feeling right, if things aren't going well, if you're not feeling good about the relationship, you do have to find a way to communicate. That's going to look very individual and unique to your relationship. How you approach your dom about these potential problems will vary widely. With my subs, I do frequently ask them, I want you to talk to me about this. Tell me how you're feeling. You are not going to get in trouble. And even though we have this very clear, open communication, sometimes I still have to really encourage them and sometimes press hard on them to get them to communicate. Because what it is they want to communicate, they feel like will be disappointing to me. They feel like by telling me something, I will be disappointed in them and I won't look at them as being perfect submissives, which, spoiler, I'm not looking for perfect submissives, so they don't need to worry about that. But I've created a relationship with my subs where making me proud of them is one of their goals and they take it very seriously and that makes them happy and fulfilled. So telling me things that they think will make me not proud of them is very difficult. So that's why it's incumbent upon me as their dom to see that there's something they need to talk about to help them do that. But they both have very good communication skills. They are both able to communicate how they feel about things, even if it takes a bit of encouragement. Not all Dom sub relationships are going to be set up like ours. And sometimes the sub will need to take the initiative and talk to their Dom and say, I really need to talk to you about something. And I'm worried about it. I'm concerned about it. I feel like if I communicate this to you, It's going to make you angry with me, so I want to create a safe space. How that conversation takes place, I cannot dictate to you. But I can tell you it's absolutely necessary. Because if you're unhappy in a situation and you're not communicating that to your partner, to your dominant, there's only so much responsibility your dominant has to be able to read your mind. Some doms are very strong in that. Some doms are not. And unless you tell them This is making me unhappy. This is making me upset. I don't like this. They don't know. So you need to be able to communicate. Now, that's all the negative stuff. You also need to communicate to them the things you do enjoy, the things that make you happy. You need to encourage them. Otherwise, again, it can leave Dom's wondering, well, I think my sub likes this. I enjoy doing this with them. They've never said no and they don't like it. So do I continue or do I not? Having good feedback from your submissive is incredibly helpful as a Dom. Incredibly helpful. Having a sub say, this is a type of play that I really enjoyed and I really thought it was fun and I'd like to do more of this. Or, in a scene, doing things we've done before, expecting one response and getting something different and having my sub be able to communicate why. Have them be able to say, you know what, I'm just not into it tonight. Normally this is fun, but I'm just not having fun tonight. I don't want to do this. And feel safe doing that, that is a quality of a good sub. That takes courage. That takes self-confidence. That takes self-awareness. That takes all of the qualities that I've listed are necessary to communicate something like that. So that's why I've left communication for the very end. I know that not everybody is necessarily great at communication. It's a skill you can practice like any other. You can literally learn more effective ways of communication. You can learn how to get your point across, even if it's criticism, without it being critical and offensive to people. You can practice this thing. But be aware of the role communication plays in your dom-sub relationship. Be good at communication. That is a key to being a good sub. And while I'm talking about skills, submission in and of itself can be a skill. And just like I talked about dominance, you know, dominants have to have a skill that they do in order to be a good dominant. And that could be any number of things within the kink, DS, dom, sub dynamic that they're good at. But they do have to have something they do. Submissives, it's kind of like that in that... Usually submissives are the one that things are being done to. So you aren't necessarily very good at being tied up, right? It's usually the skill is in the tying. There's a lot of endurance. There can be physical endurance involved in that. There can be the ability to hold yourself steady and still. I'm not discounting the qualities it takes to be good at being tied up, but it is the passive side. So I don't look at that as necessarily a skill. I wouldn't think of someone as good at being tied up. However, being a submissive is a skill. And it starts with learning how to surrender control, practicing that, learning how to do that easily and comfortably and naturally with your DOM. And it can encompass any number of things within the DOM sub-dynamic. So, for example, you have a dom that is very high on protocol and they have a lot of rules and they have a lot of positions, for example, that you have to learn. They give you a list of 10 positions and they want you to memorize them and they want you to immediately assume those positions when they give you the number. That's a skill. You can practice that. You can learn that. You can study. You can practice those skills so that you are good at those things for your dominance. But submission in and of itself is a skill, just like domination is a skill. Learning how much to give, learning when it's safe to give complete control, learning how to read the situation between your dom and you and understand what it is they're trying to get out of you. These are skills. And when I work with my submissives and I say I'm trying to make them better submissives, these are the things I'm trying to teach them. I'm trying to teach them what it means when I say, come here in this tone, and what it means when I say, come here in that tone. And sometimes these are very subtle things. I enjoy practicing submission in a way where the submissive and I know what's happening, but nobody around us does. So that requires very subtle hand signals, very subtle eye movements, very subtle head nods. And it requires their attention on me to see that. So we can be sitting somewhere and I can be doing all kinds of dominant behaviors with them and it's all through eye motion or a gesture or a look. That takes skill. That takes practice. For someone to become good at that, it takes skill. So those are just some examples. There's so many different ways to play that I can't list all the different ways to be good at being a submissive but I believe that being submissive is a skill. It's something you can practice and get better at. And I certainly know when I'm working with someone that's brand new, they're a submissive person, but they're not good at being a submissive, if that makes sense. They don't know how to interact with a dominant, especially this dominant. They may also not know how to interact with that dominant, but I believe that someone that has been in the scene, that has gained experience, that has played with more than one person, or has played with someone for a long period of time, they gain a skill set. They know, oh, I've never played with this person before, but I can tell by the way that they are interacting with me that they expect this kind of behavior. That skill comes from experience. That skill comes from play. So the final quality in being a good submissive, skill at being a submissive, and that skill comes with experience and practice. So I'm a lot happier with the way that this episode came out. It's still a complex subject and it's one that I'm going to talk with Katja about. It's one that I'm going to revisit. It's one that I welcome your comments and questions and feedback on. Like I said earlier, when I put out the question for what you think makes a good submissive, a lot of the answers were exactly the same as what I was going to say. They came straight out of my own notes. So I don't think that we're too far off on this. But I am interested in hearing what you have to think. If there's something that you think I completely missed, send it in and we can talk about it. I will probably talk with Katja about this next week because I want to get her input on what being a good submissive means from the submissive side. And again, I will revisit it because while I can condense it down into these few things, because it's so complex and all of the qualities I feel are so closely interlinked, that as I was making them, I realized that almost none of them can stand by themselves. They all seem to be supporting each other or requiring one of the other qualities in order to do. So I feel like, you know, can you have communication if you don't have courage? I don't think so. Can you have communication if you don't have self-awareness? I don't think so. So all of these qualities mesh together very strongly and I do think that all of them are required to be a good sub, to be a successful sub, to be a sub that gains great fulfillment from being a submissive. Don't worry if you don't have all of these qualities in a great abundance. Don't worry if you're really bad at some of these. As I listed the Dom traits and characteristics that I think are very important, I can tell you that some of those qualities I don't have in great abundance. Some of those things I'm not good at. Some of those things I'm continually working on to become better at. That was not just a list of things that I think I'm good at. There's a number on there that I'm not good at at all. Patience being one of them. So don't feel like if you're missing one of these skills or you're missing several of these skills or you feel like you're really bad at communication, that means you can't be a good submissive. I am not saying that at all because you can be a very good submissive and have a hard time communicating. You may need to find a Dom that helps offset that, right? I feel like if you're not good at communicating and your Dom is also not good at communicating, there's going to be a weak spot in your relationship. So just because you don't have a hundred percent proficiency in all of these skills, that does not mean you're not a good submissive. You can be a very good submissive and not have all of these qualities. but. I feel like you should strive to get these. I think that these will make you happy, calm and confident. It's what I want in my subs. It's what I want for you guys. I want you to be fulfilled in your submissive relationships. And I believe that these qualities can help you achieve that. As always, consent is king. Take very good care of each other. And I'll see you next week.